Gentlemen, bienvenue and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Lovers divided get coincided. Something for everyone. A comedy tonight. Father and mother get one another. Something for everyone. A tragedy tonight. I get the twins. They get the best. I get a family. I get a rest. We get a few girls. I get some new girls. I get the thing I want to be. How are we doing? I hope, as always, that this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. I have a correction. Oh, no, a correction. I made a mistake during our Zorba episode, and I told myself I would correct it in the most dramatic way possible. The radio adaptation of Zorba the Greek aired in 1993, not 1933. Oh, and you might think he had it written down wrong. He didn't take his own advice. He didn't polish his notes enough. Well, I'm here to tell you that I did have it. Oh, I wrote it down perfectly right. I was right, right? Of course I'm right, all the time. But my mouth wasn't right. I spoke. Oh, I spoke the wrong number is what I did. It was so, it was so disheartening to know that I was not able to pull a fast editing trick and make sure that that mistake was never exposed. That mistake was out there. There was nothing I could do about it, but it's been corrected now. Oh, God forgive me. God deliver me. <laughs> Red alert. Red alert. You have to know about this movie that I learned about this past week. If you're not aware of it, you're gonna learn about it now, and you'll thank me. It's a movie called Journey to Bethlehem, and it arrives in, oh, America. American movie theaters, November 10th. You have to be on the lookout for this movie, which stars Milo Mannheim of the Zombies franchise, as Joseph Milo Mannheim is Joseph. Antonio Banderas, Puss in Boots himself, is King Herod. We've got original, modern-style pop music mixed with classic Christmas melodies, according to Letterboxd. I don't know what that means. We're getting Christmas songs and original pop music. Now, I was aware of Journey to Bethlehem as a, as a movie in general. I knew that it existed, but I had no idea it was a musical until my husband, Chris, showed me the trailer. 
And the first... <laughs> he did not spoil the musical nature of the movie for me before I started watching the trailer. And the moment when they start singing, the characters in the movie, when they started singing, I, I, I'm not kidding. In no way am I exaggerating. I leapt back from the laptop as if I had been electrocuted. I was, oh, I was so genuinely shocked and delighted. And the first instance of singing is, I don't know who this is. I don't know if it's Mary's sister or cousin or friend from the village, but she sings, Mary, you're getting married. <laughs> no, the full thing, I, I can't leave out the rest of it. Mary, you're getting married. It's about to be the best day of your life. <laughs> you have to see this trailer. You have to track it down now, now, now. I must see this major motion picture on a big screen, if at all possible. I will keep you updated. Who knows? This screams $1 a month Patreon bonus material, but we, we, we will see. I'm in Minneapolis. I don't know. Is this a big enough market? For a big movie like Journey to Bethlehem? We'll, we'll find out together. For now, let's focus on the show facts regarding a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I almost forgot the name of the show. It's a very long title. Show me the show facts. All right, let's do it. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum was the 1963 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It opened on May 8th, 1962 at the Alvin Theater before moving to the Mark Hellinger Theater in March of 1964 and the Majestic Theater in May of 1964. The production ran for a total of 964 performances. The book was written by Bert Shivlov and Larry Gelbart. Music and lyrics by Mr. Stephen Sondheim. We are not worthy. The basis for this show. All right, the plays, here's what the musical is based on. The plays of Roman playwright Plautus. Plautus, yes. Including, here are some of the plays that we're pulling from. Cursulio, or maybe Sursulio, or maybe Surculio, I don't know. Pseudolus is another play. Miles Gloriosus. And here's another one for you. Mostaliara. Mostaliara. Let's go with that. I try my best. The title of today's subject is a riff on the old vaudeville saying a funny thing happened on the way to the theater, now you know. The director of the original Broadway production, George Abbott, musical director Harold Hastings, orchestrations Erwin Kostel and Sid Ramin, choreographer Jack Cole, scenic design Tony Walton, lighting design Gene Rosenthal, Jane, hello again, sound design, none. No, no sound design. Costume, yes, costume design, Tony, Tony Walton. What was that? Tony. Tony Walton. And we have an uncredited consultant. Uh-oh. Stinger. Stinger cameo from Jerome Robbins. Put a pin in that. Original Broadway cast. Here it is. It is as follows. Zero Mustel. Let's start with him. Mustel was not the first choice to play Pseudolus, the show's lead character. Milton Burl passed, which uh, to me seems like a good thing. I don't know if Milton Berle was ready for a musical on Broadway. Phil Silvers, who had previously starred in 143 episodes of the sitcom Sergeant Bilko, dismissed the role of Pseudolus as, quote, Sergeant Bilko in a toga, quote. All right, Miss Thing, okay. Silvers did accept a supporting role in the musical's 1966 film adaptation. He plays Marcus Lycus in the movie, and he starred as Pseudolus. 
he eventually did play Pseudolus in the 1972 Broadway revival of Forum. But let's continue with this Broadway cast. We have David Burns, John Carradine, Broadway musical debut for John Carradine. A very specific distinction, not Broadway debut, Broadway musical debut, because Carradine had eight Broadway play credits under his belt prior to appearing in Forum, though most would know him from his work in film and TV. Stagecoach, The Grapes of Wrath, The Monsters, many episodes of The Monsters. The man logged a total of 353 credits before kicking the bucket, not too shabby. Let's continue with this cast. Brian Davies, Jack Guilford, Ronald Holgate, Ruth Cobart, Preshi Marker, Broadway debut for Preshi. Congratulations, Preshi. Raymond Walburn, Judy Alexander, Lucienne Perdue, David Evans, Lisa James, Roberta Keith, Gloria Christie, Eddie Phillips, George Reeder, and Myrna White. Myrna? Myrna. Let's go with Myrna. Tony nods. All right. Forum won the Tony Award for Best Musical, of course, but it also won Best Author of a Musical, which went to Bert Shivlov and Larry Gelbart. Best Actor in a Musical, Zero Mostel. Here's a note regarding that award. Note. Every actor who has opened a Broadway production of Forum in the role of Pseudolus, those people being Zero Mostel, Phil Silvers, and Nathan Lane, all of them have gone on to win the Tony Award for Best Actor in a Musical. So, Mostel started a trend here with this win. We also have wins for Best Featured Actor in a Musical, David Burns, Best Direction of a Musical, George Abbott, and Best Producer of a Musical, Harold Hal Prince. Additional nominations, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Jack Guilford, and Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Ruth Cobart. So, eight nominations in total, six awards when all was said and done. My God, you can't beat that. My God, good ratio, good ratio. Forum was notably not nominated for Best Original Score, you may have noticed. The nominations for that award went to Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, <laughs> Little Me, Bravo Giovanni, and Oliver, which ultimately won the day. I'm not familiar with Bravo Giovanni. Have we talked about this show before? I don't know. It ran for a scant 76 performances, but the fact that it was nominated for Best Score and not Best Musical, that fascinates me. At a certain point, maybe I'll have to dip into Bravo Giovanni for the... No, not the Snub Club. I don't know if we're going to do that for the Snub Club, but <laughs> I don't know. Stay tuned. Let's talk about the plot of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Yes, I remembered it. <laughs> the place, ancient Rome. The time, uh, I don't, I, I, I don't know. Before Christ, let's say that. We fade in on three neighboring homes. On one end, the house of Marcus Lycus, buyer and seller of courtesans. On the other end, the empty house of Aronius, an old man who has been searching for his children ever since they were stolen by pirates in infancy. Ah, and in the middle, the house of Senex, Domina, and their son, Hero. Senex and Domina own a number of slaves, including Hysterium, who runs the house, and Pseudolus, a notorious trickster and layabout. When Senex and Domina decide to go on a trip, they leave Pseudolus in charge of their son. Hero confides in Pseudolus. It appears the young man has eyes for Philia, a virgin courtesan who resides at the house of Lycus. 
Pseudolus offers to help Hero win Philia in exchange for his freedom, an arrangement Hero happily accepts. There is one problem. Lycus has already promised Philia to Captain Miles Gloriosus, the famous warrior. But never fear, dear Hero, the wily Pseudolus always has a plan. Pseudolus arrives at the house of Lycus with terrible news. Lycus? Ah, ha, 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 terrible news. I'm afraid your courtesan, Philia, has contracted the plague from nearby Crete. Notice how she's always smiling. Those who suffer from this particular strand of the plague always smile just before they die. But do not fret. I shall take Philia into the house of Cynix, where she cannot spread the disease to the rest of your courtesans. Lycus is eternally grateful. Left alone for the first time, Philia and Hero quickly manage the task of falling in love. But Philia is determined to honor her contract with Gloriosus. A commitment is a commitment, after all. Hero turns to Pseudolus for additional aid, and a fresh scheme is hystily devised. Pseudolus will steal Hysterium's Book of Potions and cook up a mixture that sends Philia into a deep sleep. A sleep that resembles death. I should say Philia is in on this plan. She's aware of it. It's not like they're going to trick her, okay? Philia's corpse, quote-unquote, her corpse, will then be presented to Lycus, by Pseudolus, who will graciously volunteer to dispose of the body, and the courtesan will ultimately be deposited onto a ship bound for Greece. Hero will be on that very same ship, and a happy ending will be assured for all involved. What could go wrong? Pseudolus sets to work on the sleeping potion and discovers he lacks a key ingredient, mare's sweat. Exit Pseudolus in search of mare's sweat. Ah, what's this now? Senex has returned from his trip earlier than expected. His wife Domina is nowhere to be seen. Philia, believing Senex to be Gloriosus, eagerly presents her body for the taking. Senex is confused but intrigued. <laughs> he questions Hysterium about the sudden appearance of this lovely young lass. Hysterium lies to save face, claiming Philia is a newly hired maid. Pseudolus enters with a vial of mare's sweat, and upon spotting Senex, promptly douses his master with the odorous substance. Master, you smell positively terrible. Ugh, take a bath already. Senex is mortified. He cannot approach Philia in this sorry, stinky state. Hysterium, run a bath for me. Ah, no, not in our house, you fool. Philia will see me go to the empty house of Aronius, yes. That wizened goat hasn't been around in years. Why would he care if we used his tub? Enter Aronius, who recently abandoned the search for his children and is now resigned to a life of sorrow. Hysterium prevents Aronius from entering his own home by claiming it is haunted, a tale supported by the sound of Senex singing in the tub. Aronius resolves to hire a soothsayer who can bust this ghost. Pseudolus adopts the guise of a soothsayer. He informs Erroneus that the spirit can only be vanquished after the old man has taken seven journeys around the seven hills of Rome. Exit Erroneus, running, running is what he's doing. Clear the way through the old bazaar because Gloriosus has come to Rome to claim his courtesan bride. Pseudolus abandons Operation Sleep Potion in favor of Operation Put Philia on the Roof. 
Stay right there, dear Philia. Pseudolus informs Lycus that Philia has disappeared, huh? Lycus nearly faints from worry. What shall I tell a Gloriosus? He will surely have my head. Another wrinkle calls for another plan. Pseudolus appears before Gloriosus as Lycus. Captain, I'm afraid your bride has gone missing. Do not worry, I will not rest until she is found. The skeptical Gloriosus assigns a platoon of soldiers to accompany Pseudolus on this search. Pseudolus gives him the slip. Meow. He then begs Hysterium to dress in drag and play the part of a recently expired Philia. Meanwhile, Domina returns to Rome in search of her husband, Senex. She believes her husband is up to no good and adopts the white robes and veil of a virgin to obscure her identity. These are the same white robes and veil worn by Philia and Hysterium. So uh, that means we now have a total of three virgins running about. Pseudolus presents Hysterium to Gloriosus. As you can see, Captain, she has died from the plague. Uh, you know, that awful plague everyone has in Crete. Gloriosus scoffs. I have just returned from ransacking Crete, and there is no plague there. A manic chase ensues. Ah, it's a mad, 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 mad Rome. Aronius, having completed his third journey around the seven hills of Rome, calls a halt to the chaos when he sees that Philia and Gloriosus wear matching rings. Why, these are the rings I gave to my children when they were infants just before they were stolen by pirates. Philia, Gloriosus, this means you are my long-lost children. This news changes everything. Obviously, Philia cannot marry Gloriosus. Brother, sister, no. Ew! And as a newly confirmed freeborn citizen, Philia no longer has to work as a courtesan. Hooray! It would seem a happy ending truly has been assured for all. Hero weds Philia. Pseudolus earns his freedom and the love of a courtesan named Gymnasia. Wow. Gloriosus hooks up with a set of twins. All right, good for him. And Aronius enjoys a well-deserved rest. The only one who isn't jumping for joy is Senex, who is and will forever be married to Domina. Womp, womp, hashtag shrew, hashtag battle axe, hashtag ball and chain, hashtag gender politics, hashtag welcome to the 60s, hashtag welcome to ancient Rome. <laughs> Maybe that went on a, a little bit too long for the purposes of this week's episode. Oh, here's some bad news for you. The 1963 original London cast album is only available digitally via Amazon UK, and the copies I found on archive.org only provide sample clips of each track. Drat! So for the purposes of this week's episode, I was not able to listen to that. The 1972 Broadway revival was never recorded, which is a shame, so I, I couldn't listen to that. It doesn't exist. You hate to see it. That production cut two numbers and replaced them with Echo Song, a duet for Hero and Philia, and Farewell, a solo for Domina. Echo Song can be heard on the 1983 album A Stephen Sondheim Evening, but it would appear Farewell has never been recorded ever, ever. Am I wrong? 
It wouldn't be the first time I like to think I'm always right. So now you know what I wasn't able to listen to. Well, what, the question is then, what was I able to listen to? Well, I listened to the 1962 original Broadway cast album, and I re-watched the 1966 motion picture adaptation of Forum, which was directed by Richard Lester. You may very well be familiar with some of Richard Lester's other movies, A Hard Day's Night, Help, Superman 2, Superman 3, and of course, Butch and Sundance, The Early Years. Who could forget the prequel film to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? That's not a TV movie. That's a real movie, apparently. Okay, so, uh, Richard Lester, huh? He was one of five directors Zero Mustel considered for the film. As the star of the film, Mustel had director approval, don't you know? Who else was on that list? Here are the other names on that list. Orson Welles, Charlie Chaplin, Gene Renoir, and Seth Holt. Wild list, Zero. Really swinging for the stars. Here is my two-and-a-half star letterboxed review of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, the movie. Quote, I always enjoy watching great comedians like Zero Mostel and Phil Silvers sweat bullets for the sake of a laugh, and there are moments in Forum when their estimable efforts pay off. But as an adaptation of the stage musical, this picture simply does not work. The decision to throw out two-thirds of the score betrays a certain level of resentment on the part of the filmmakers, as if they were embarrassed to be associated with the monumentally successful Broadway show that brought them together in the first place. What's more, the songs that remain are so poorly staged, filmed, and edited, it leaves one to wonder if director Richard Lester forgot everything he learned while making movies with the Beatles. Wake up, dick! Ah, quote, that's my review. Uh, I will add that there are way, way too many close-ups of weird-looking white men with yellow teeth. I'm sorry, white male character actors, but I don't enjoy looking at your nicotine-soaked molars. Ah, the fangs. No, uh, I don't want to see the chompers. Here's a good joke from the movie that apparently was in the stage show, but they cut it, and then it made its way into the movie. Pseudolus is holding <laughs> an ancient Roman bottle of wine, and he turns to a courtesan and he says, Was one a good year? <laughs> a very funny joke. I also like this visual gag that I will describe for you, where Pseudolus, Zero Mostel, he adopts various poses in an attempt to evoke erotic poetry. So we have this series of fast cuts. We're editing, we're making fast cuts, and in each cut, Mustel has adopted another pose. And it's set to this this funny string of notes. Do 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 He's he's bending over, he's sticking his gut out, he's doing all sorts of crazy poses. I real I laughed out loud at that, I'll tell you that much. I listened to the 1996 Broadway revival cast album of Forum. The revival starred Nathan Lane as Pseudolus. Lane was eventually replaced by Whoopi Goldberg, who was herself replaced by David Allen Greer. The revival also starred Mark Lynn Baker, of A Year with Frog and Toad fame, as Hysterium, and Ernie Sabella Pumba himself, 
as Marcus Lycus. I then capped off my research by watching the 1996 Tony Awards performance of Comedy Tonight. The performance begins at the St. James Theater, where the revival was housed, and travels to the Majestic Theater, where the ceremony took place. That's correct, yes? Am I right? <laughs> you must understand, ever since my ignorant assertion regarding the Zorba radio play, my confidence has been shakier than a tail feather. I must get my mojo back. Yes, yes. I'm right, always, now and forever. Let's talk about the score. enjoyed a run of excellent overtures as of late. Right? Yes, of course. Always right. That's me. And the forum overture does not disrupt that trend. 
I love this overture. The message sent by this simultaneously dense and a light piece is impossible to misinterpret. The message is as follows. There are musical comedies, and there are musical comedies written by Mr. Stephen Sondheim. Lean back and savor the difference. The orchestrations, uh, the instrumental version of Free, that's truly where it's at. do 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 Seasonal depression, who? Never heard of her. Seasonal depression found dead in the street. Playgoers, I bid you welcome. The theater is a temple, and we are here to worship the gods of comedy and tragedy. Tonight, I am pleased to announce a comedy. We shall employ every device we know in our desire to divert you. Something familiar, something peculiar, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Something appealing, something appalling, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. Nothing with kings, nothing with crowns. Bring on the lovers, liars, and clowns. Old situations, new complications. Nothing portentous or polite. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. Forum's original opening number, Love is in the Air, which can be heard in the 1966 classic film, The Birdcage, that number was replaced shortly after Jerome Robbins came aboard to help the show during its tough out-of-town tryouts. It was having a tough time. Very, very tough. JR believed Forum would benefit by advertising itself as a horny farce from the outset. Sondheim took this feedback to heart and wrote Comedy Tonight, one of the best opening numbers in musical theater history, full stop. Another discarded opening, Invocation and Instructions to the Audience, was eventually integrated into The Frogs, a musical that bears more than a passing resemblance to Forum. But listen to me, I should be talking about comedy tonight. My favorite lyrics from this number are as follows, quote, Old situations, new complications, nothing portentous or polite. Quote, <laughs> Sondheim recognized the musical potential tucked within the word portentous, and he cracked that sucker open like a lobster. Ah, succulent, nourishing. Regarding the 1996 Broadway revival, find me a moment that better exemplifies Nathan Lane as an actor than the following example. Let's play that audio. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. Tragedy tomorrow, comedy tonight. The man knows how to yell. With Nathan, shouting is an art form. Have I talked about the comedy review my high school produced and how it began with a rendition of comedy tonight? <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me tell you, that was not a pretty little picture. We built our foundation on sand and proceeded to sink into the earth over the next 90 minutes to... Oh, God help me, it might have been two hours long. We did the music number from The Mask. I don't even remember what the name of that song is. We recreated the Gap Girls at the Food Court sketch from Saturday Night Live. Are you hearing this? Any ticket price for that review would have been too high. Free would have been too high. Your time... Your time has value. That's all, I, that's all I'm saying to the people of the past. Run! Run! Now that we're alone, may I tell you I've been feeling very strange Either something's in the air or else a change is happening in me I think I know the cause I hope I know the cause from everything I've heard, there's only one cause it can be. Love I hear makes you sigh a lot. Also love I hear leaves you weak. Love I hear Try to speak with passion and squeak. I hear love, they say, makes you pine away. But you pine away with an idiotic grin. I pine, I blush, I squeak, I squawk. Today I woke to weep. What's love I hear, I feel, I fear I'm in oh. See what I mean da -da 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 -da. I hum a lot too I'm dazed, I'm pale, I'm sick, I'm sore I've never felt so well before What's love I hear, I feel, I fear I know I am, I'm sure, I mean I hope, I trust, I pray I must be in Forgive me if I shout Forgive me if I crow I've only just found out And, well, I thought you ought to know Hero's first number, Love I Hear, appears to be channeling George and Ira Gershwin's Swonderful, but Sondheim was never one to produce a simple homage. The material is unmistakably his own, infused as it is with great strength of character and sweetness. Ah, it's so sweet. I hear the Gershwins in this song, but that moment of recognition is just that, a moment. 
a bow of respect in the direction of the past before moving into the future. Speaking of the past, I was just talking about the people of the past. You might say, Jonathan, the results are wonderful. You know, I don't need you putting words in my mouth. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Sudalus, get me that girl. And if I can? You are free. I am what? Free. Free. Oh, what a word. Oh, what a word. Say it again. Free. I often thought, I often dreamed how it would be. And yet I never thought I'd be once again. Free. But when you come to think of such things, a man should have the rights that all others. Can you imagine what it will be like when I am? Can you see me? Can you see me as a Roman with my head unbowed? Sing it good and loud. Free. Like a Roman having rights and like a Roman proud. Can you see me? I can see you. Can you see me as a voter fighting graft advice? Sing it soft and nice. Free. Why, I'll be so conscientious that I may vote twice. Can you see me? Can you see me? When I'm free to be whatever I want to be. Think what wonders I'll accomplish then. When the master that I save is me and just me Can you see me being equal with my countrymen? Can you see me being Sudalist the citizen? Can you see me being given to me once again? Free! Yes! Free! That's it! Free! Now, not so fast. I didn't think the way I am. I have a roof, three meals a day. And I don't have to pay a thing. I'm just a slave and everything's free. If I were free, then nothing would be free. And if I'm beaten now and then, what does it matter? Free. Can you see me? Can you see me as a poet writing poetry? All my verse will be free. Our museum will have me pickled for posterity. Can you see me? I can see you. Can you see me as a lover, one of great renown, women falling down? Free? No, but I'll buy the house of Lycus for my house in town. Can you see me? Can you see me? Be you anything from king to baker of cakes. You're a vegetable unless you're free. It's a little word, but oh, the difference it makes. It's the necessary essence of democracy. It's the thing that every slave should have the right to be. And I soon will have the right to buy a slave for me. Can you see him? Well, I'll free him. When a pseudolist can move, the universe shakes. But I'll never move until I'm free. Such a little word, but oh, the difference it makes. I'll be Sudalist, the founder of a family. I'll be Sudalist, the pillar of society. I'll be Sudalist, a man if I can only be free. Sing it. Free. Spell it. F R double. No, the long way. F R E E. Free. Of all the cuts made by the movie version of Forum, the decision to cut free 
hurts me the most. It's insulting. It feels unmistakably wrong when Pseudolus receives the alley-oop from Hero but cannot follow through on the assist. Hashtag sports metaphor. Why are you taking the fangs out of Zero Mustel's mouth, movie? What? Why? Why? What did he ever do to you, movie? Mustel is larger than life and fleeter than a stallion. He uses just enough butter to ensure every phrase is transformed into a scrumptious, crispy morsel. Uh-oh, someone's hungry again. Watch out! Hysterium is the part that rests firmly in my wheelhouse, but Pseudolus would be such a great challenge. The touch this number requires, a touch as gentle as that applied by a potter at their wheel, will make a firm and lasting impression on your audience. I myself would relish the opportunity to entertain the people with free. In other words, pick me to do free. Patty, Benny, a request for you, if you don't mind. Could we hear a sample of The House of Marcus Lycus from the 1996 revival album? Lycus, I am now in the market for a lifetime companion. Tell me, have you anything lying about in there? Anything to satisfy an Olympian appetite? Pseudolus, friend and citizen, I have traveled the world in search of beauty, and I can say with modesty that I have the finest assortment in Rome. Show me, eunuchs, a buyer! There is merchandise for every need at the house of Marcus Lycus. All the merchandise is guaranteed at the house of Marcus Lycus. For a sense of sensuality or an opulence thereof. Patronize the house of Marcus Lycus, merchant of love. For your most assured approval and your more than possible purchase, here are the fruits of my search. Behold, Tintinabula, out of the east, with the face of an idol, the arms of a willow tree, and the pelvis of a camel. Thank you so much, Nathan Lane, Ernie Sabella, Timon, Pumpa, together again. If that doesn't wind up your ticker, nothing will. Between Lane, Sabella, and the eventual inclusion of Whoopi Goldberg, I dare say this production was an unintentional, unofficial reunion for the cast of The Lion King. Why not go further? Matthew Broderick could have played Hero. James Earl Jones could have maybe played Senex, maybe. Rowan Atkinson definitely could have played Hysterium. The possibilities are... Well, you know, they're not endless, I suppose, but there are no shortage of combinations as far as casting is concerned. Cheech Marin is Marcus Lycus. Not bad. Not bad. My name is Hero. My name is Philia. Philia. I am a courtesan, and a courtesan has but one talent. I'm lovely. All I am is lovely. Lovely is the one thing I can do. Winsome, what I am is winsome. Radiant as in some dream come true. 
say my name. Just say your name? Yes. Very well. Uh, I forgot it. It's Hero. Forgive me, Hero. I have no memory for names. Oh, you don't need one. You don't need anything. You're lovely. Absolutely lovely. Welcome back to the podcast. As you can see, I am wearing my conical director's cap, the one that technically makes me look like a dunce in an old-fashioned schoolroom, but I am no dunce, as you well know. I have ideas, sister. I have such ideas. Here's one of them. Here's an idea. While singing about how she is only lovely, quote-unquote, Philia should casually demonstrate a dozen or so astonishing skills. This lady is sinking baskets. She's beating Hero at chess. She's firing an arrow directly into the center of a bullseye, launching into perfect pirouettes, and putting the final touch on an exquisite oil painting. I wouldn't blame anyone for criticizing Forum as it relates to gender, but I believe this idea of mine could make some headway on that front. In this context, Philia isn't actually only lovely. She's smart and talented and wildly, needlessly humble. And Hero would be breathless in the face of her abilities, falling head over heels all the faster. I'm telling you, I'm something of a genius when I put on this conical director's cap of mine. I am not only lovely is what I am trying to say. This irresistible, pillow-soft body of mine houses a brain, damn it! In the time of this, it's a boat gently dipping its bow Trim and tidy and built to float Pretty little picture Now, put a boy on the starboard side Leaning out of the rail Next to him put a blushing bride Slim and slender and starry-eyed Down below put a tiny bed The sun gets pale, the sea gets red And off they sail on the first high tide The boat and the bed and the boy and the bride It's a pretty little picture, oh my Pretty little picture, how true Pretty little picture, which I Sit a little us give to you Feel the roll of the playful waves See the sails as they swell Hear the whips of the galley slaves Pretty little picture Well, let it carry your cares away Out of sight, out of mind Past the buoy and through the bay Soon there's nothing but sea and spray Night descends and the moons are glow Your arms entwine, you steal below And far behind at the edge of day The bung of the bell of the buoy in the bay And the boy and the bride and the boat are away It's a pretty little picture to share As a little boat sails to sea Take a little trip free as air Have a little freedom on me Here's another weird bit of trivia regarding cuts to the show. Pretty Little Picture was cut for the purposes of the 1972 Broadway revival of Forum and is quite often removed from regional productions, according to Wikipedia. Uh, again, why? Weird. I cannot relate to this snip-snip instinct. Why? Who? Who? 
who, who would want to dispose of this delectable, flaky Danish of a number? Do you want a Danish, Jonathan? No, I don't. I'm watching my figure, but thank you. All I want is for people to wake up and put Pretty Little Picture back into form. What is it, too hard for you? Yeah, you don't have enough time to learn. Pretty Little Picture, just admit you made a mistake and do the right thing. You cretins, put it back. Put it back. Put it back. Maids like me, I'm neat. I like maids, they're neat. Something no household should be without. Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a working girl. Everybody ought to have a lurking girl to put around the house. Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a menial. Consistently congenial and quieter than a mouse. She'd be delicious, tidying up the dishes, neat as a pin. Oh, oh, wouldn't she be delightful, sweeping out, sleeping in? Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a maid. Someone who you hire when you're short of help to offer you the sort of help you never get from a spouse. Fluttering up the stairway, shuttering up the windows, cluttering up the bedroom, buttering up the master, puttering all around the house. Oh, 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 wouldn't she be delicious, tidying up the dishes, neat as a pin? Oh, oh, wouldn't she be delightful, sweeping out, sleeping in? Everybody ought to have a maid. Everybody ought to have a Someone maid. who, in fetching you your slip, oh, will be winsome as a whip, oh, will, and graceful as a grouse. Skittering down the hallway, flittering through the parlor, tittering in the pantry, littering up the bedroom, twittering all around the house. A maid? A maid. A maid. A maid. Everybody ought to have a maid. The encore structure of Everybody Ought to Have a Maid reminds me of Brush Up Your Shakespeare from Kiss Me Kate, our very first subject. Were we ever, <laughs> were we ever so young? I'm not convinced audiences would line up for extra helpings of maid the way they typically do for Shakespeare, but I suppose it all depends on your actors, right? As always, you're gonna need a hell of a lot of charm to sell that second encore, fellas. So, you know, really dig deep, I guess, is my advice from a director's perspective. <laughs> Good luck! Calm? Yes, calm. Mustn't get excited. Calm, calm. I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm perfectly calm. I'm utterly under control. I haven't a worry where others would hurry, I stroll. I'm calm, I'm cool, a jibbering fool is one thing I never become. When thunder is rumbling and others are crumbling, I hum. Mm, 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 mm. I must think calm, comforting things, butterfly wings, emerald rings, or a murmuring brook, murmuring, murmuring, murmuring. Look, 
I'm calm, I'm calm, I haven't a qualm, I'm utterly under control. Let nothing confuse me or faze me. Oh, excuse me, I'm calm, oh so calm, oh so calm. I'm calm, I'm calm, I'm perfectly calm, indifferent to tensions and shocks. Here's the thing about hysterium. Hysterium speaks to me. Hysterium is gay. Hysterium sucks cock. Hysterium is a fussy and eternally nervous bottom. Hysterium is a neat and clean fellow, so fastidious, who would get on all fours for the right man. Hands and knees firmly in the dirt and in the mud, the gravel. Oh, scratch it, scratch it up. Scratch up those knees. Hysterium speaks to me. My rendition of I'm Calm would most likely be described by audiences as a lot. Somebody offer me the role of Hysterium. No, auditions. Only offers! Before we close out our deconstruction of the score, I'd like to hear Mary Testa perform that dirty old man from the 1996 revival album. This is a song for Domina. She's talking about her husband, Sextet, what was his name? I can't remember. Testa puts a hearty amount of stank on this material, and that stank caused me to stand at attention. Her performance demands attention, so let's give it the attention it deserves. Let's go! For over 30 years, I've cried myself to sleep, assailed by doubts and fears so great, the gods themselves would weep. The moment I am gone, I wonder where he'll go. In all your simple honesty, you can't begin to know. Here somewhere, cavorting with someone young and fair, disporting in every shameless whim. Just wait till I get my hands on him, I'll hold him and hold him. Where is he? That dirty old man, where can he be? Profaning our vows for all to see, complaining how he's misunderstood, abusing me. If he only would Come Oh, Mary Testa, wonderful. That's all I have to say regarding the score for Forum. It is now time to hear from our fine, fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678.
Pop. Six. Squish. Ah! Masturbate. Lipshits. Pop. Six. Squish. Ah! Masturbate. Lipshits. And now, the six merry murderesses of the Cook County Jail in their rendition of The Cell Block Tango. Hey, Marbles! Whoa! Qu'est-ce que c'est? Oh la la! How did I find myself here? Whoa! The Marbles say my famous lover held down my husband while I cut his head off! I caramba! It's not true, Bibles. Jeffudre innocent, I tell you. Innocent like a newborn lamb. Ba, Bibles. Ba, 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 black sheep. Ask anyone, all right? Ask anybody. I was at the Tasty Freeze, sucking on chili dogs, and five, six, seven, eight coffee with Valerie Perrine. I don't know why the Bibles say I did it. I tried to explain it to the police station, but they didn't believe me, babe. Miss Biachi, let's get this party started. Grandma's here, Miss Je suis arrivé! Yeah, but did you do it? Uh-uh! Not guilty, babe! Whoa! Gypsies, traps, and thieves would hear it from the bubbles of the town! Final thoughts regarding a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I approached forum believing it was my least favorite entry in the Sondheim canon, which isn't really, I know it's not fair to begin with to say that because I've never listened to Bounce, AKA, what is that? What is the alternate title for that? Road Trip? It's not Road Trip. I forget. I've never listened to that, so who knows. But I approached this, uh, this coverage thinking it was definitely one of my least favorite Sondheim shows. And that may still be true, but my affection for the show has grown over this last week, and it's clear I should have been giving it more credit this entire time. I do wish the company had more to do. I, I, I myself, I would not want to be in that ensemble, me thinks. Now, in 1963, as a reminder, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, and the additional nominees from that season were Little Me, Oliver, and Stop the World, I Want to Get Off. For the last time, we ask ourselves who amongst these shows truly deserved to take home the Best Musical Medallion. I mean, are you kidding me? Forum beats the pants off of all of these other shows. Forum, you get to keep that medallion, my friend. My friend. Speaking of my friend, I would like to reintroduce an old friend of ours. He's green, he's mean, if you know what I mean. His name is Shrek, and he's going to make an announcement of his own. Shrek, get out here, babe. We've talked about all of these shows. It's time for you to shine. Go, Shrek! It's me, Shrek, and I'm back to determine which of these shows should get in my belly. Ho, ho, ho. 
I don't have a lot of time. Me and Donkey are making homemade condoms out of seaweed. Oh, so slimy. It's a natural lubricant. But, you know, we're not monogamous, so we have to be safe, you know. So that's what, well, that's what we're doing in our spare time. Donkey's waiting for me back at the shack. So I'm just going to cut to the fucking quick. I don't want to put any of these shows in my belly. Not any of them? Well, I suppose. What I should say is none of them except for Stop the World I Want to Get Off. All of the other shows can fuck off. That's what I mean to say. Because Stop the World I Want to Get Off. Oh, you're scrumptious to me, baby. Oh, you're a four-course meal. The very idea of taking that little, oh, that little fucking clown, little chap, and rolling him in a tortilla, a crispy char tortilla, and slipping him, oh, slipping him into my mouth like a fucking popsicle wrapped in a fucking tortilla. I put him in my mouth and I crunch his bones. I love to hear it. Ah, the sound of the bones snapping, oh, splintering under the weight of my fucking canines. Oh, the sound ringing from inside my fucking ogre skull as a little chap screams for his god. A god that does not exist, a little chap. He does not exist for you, at least, my friend. <laughs> You're going to burn. You're going to burn in my stomach acids, and it's going to be a fucking delightful experience. For me, at least. Not so much you. All right. I'll see you later, Jonathan. For the next time, I shall choose another show to get in my belly. But for now, I have to make condoms out of seaweed. All right. Bye. See you, Shrek. Bye! It is now time to rank A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum against all of the other shows we've talked about here on the podcast. Oh, if you want to take a look at this complete ranking of ours, go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod, access our link tree via the pinned post, go to our Google spreadsheet on the second tab of that spreadsheet, you'll find this full ranking. So where does Forum go? Forum goes in the number 60 slot between Sunset Boulevard at number 59 and bells are ringing at number 61. I have no changes to announce for this ranking. I know I, I change things up every now and then, but I just want you to rest assured nothing has changed since the last time we met, okay? Show-related ephemera. Oh, let's start with Love is in the Air, the original opening for the show, as performed by Stephen Sondheim on the album Sondheim Sings, Volume 1, 1962 through 1972. Let's hear that. Love is in the air, quite clearly, people everywhere act queerly. Wives are at their husband's service, virgins are distinctly nervous. Love is going around, anyone exposed can catch it, keep your window closed and latch it. Leave your house and lose your reason. This is the contagious season. Love is going around. It's spreading each minute throughout the whole vicinity. Step out and you're in it with everyone involved. Who can stay uninvolved? Love is in the air. This morning, bachelors beware. Fair warning, my advice to you is gratis. If you want to keep your status, stay 
home Don't take a breath You could catch your death Cause love is around Oh, Mr. Sondheim, it's so nice to hear your voice. It really is. I thought about showcasing a performance of Comedy Tonight from The Muppet Show. I believe that's the episode hosted by Joel Gray, but I'm afraid it did not inspire me. As audio, it's not very compelling. Instead, here are my casting recommendations for a future Broadway revival of Forum. I'm honestly surprised that in the wake of Sondheim's passing, we have not heard any announcements for a major Broadway or off-Broadway revival of forum. So here's here here are my ideas. I want you to send your ideas as well. I am open to alternate suggestions. Email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com with your suggestions. Okay, let's start with James Monroe Egglehart as Pseudolus. You love that, right? Noah Galvin is Hysterium. Anthony Ramos is Hero. Ah, yes. Ava Noblezada is Philia. Brian Darcy James is Senex. That's the name, Senex. Kristen Chenoweth is Domina, and finally, Timothy Hughes, the big guy from Hadestown. We love the big guy from Hadestown as Gloriosus. I think those are good ideas, but again, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, Again, email me, musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Do it. To determine which show we discuss next, we'll need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show, Jupiter favorite geek. Everyone ready? Then away we go! Alright, I am stepping off of the musical carousel, which actually, I should say, just received a fresh coat of paint, so I made sure not to touch anything. I am examining myself here. I don't see any paint on my own person, so... Okay, good. That thing spins, and it spins fast, so you never know when there might be a spill. So, what is the next subject of our main feed coverage? We are going to the year 2001. This is a nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. It did not win. It only ran for 105 performances, and the name of that show is A Class Act. Our coverage of A Class Act will drop Wednesday, October 18th. Mark your calendars. Do it. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. You can donate $1, $3, $5, or $10 a month. If you donate $1 a month, you get Monday early access to all of these main feed episodes, as well as a verbal shout-out each and every week. Let's thank those who gave at least $1 a month. Thank you, Caroline, Helena, Greg, Andy, Elizabeth, Aaron, Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. You also get, by donating just $1 a month, you get 19 bonus episodes covering the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, The Little Mermaid Live, a full review of Cats, Emma at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, 
Hamilton via Disney Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sacklage Bunch, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Harlow the Alligator Boy, the trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, Vivo, the Tony Awards present Broadway's Back, Diana, Annie Live, The Notebook at Chicago Shakespeare Theater, and Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration. We're not done. Oh, a dollar a month patrons also get season one, that's 12 episodes of Radio Boy, a series for which I chuck in with myself via the non-musical theater songs that make me feel more like myself. And you also get all 16 episodes of M3, the movie Musical Man, a series for which we watch trilogies of movie musicals that are tied by common themes. Ah! $3 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing, all 10 episodes of Wild Cats Everywhere, the high school musical podcast, and a special one-off all about Julie and the Phantoms. We are currently producing a series for the $3 a month tier. The name of that show is TV VIP. It is dedicated to musical television shows. We've already talked about Schmigadoon, Central Park, Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Up Here, Cop Rock, Little Voice, Rags to Riches, Gallivant, Hull High, Shangri-La Plaza, and Gem. We are moving into our massive, epic, three-part series finale for TV VIP. And in this first of the three parts, as I said, the finale is split into three parts. We're going to be talking about the musical episodes of Rocco's Modern Life, Xena, Warrior Princess, Daria, Pepper Ann, and Allie McBeal. I should say, all three parts of this finale are dedicated to one-off musical episodes of non-musical TV shows. Are you confused? I hope not. I hope not. $5 a month will get you everything I've already described, plus you will get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show I discuss here on the podcast, so long as it is a Best Musical nominee we have not already talked about. You get all 24 episodes. That's seasons one and two of All I Ask of You, an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera, all 14 episodes in our Broadway in Chicago review series, and volumes one through five of Shout About It. These are collections, compendiums, if you will, if you will, of five, six, seven, eight coffee ads and musical shoutouts from the first 125 episodes of the show. And in our final tier, $10 a month, that'll get you everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed, all 12 episodes in season one of the Snub Club. Uh, what, what, what is that? That's a show dedicated to Broadway musicals that were snubbed. They were not nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical. And you get all 12 episodes in our Turn It Off series. Turn It Off is dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. You know it's true. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, ah, take a moment to leave a five-star review of you, please. Ah. You can stream the show via Spotify, Audible, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean com. You can email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Already told you about that. Love emails. Thanks as always to Patty and Benny in the booth. All oh, oh, they're in a booth all the way over there in Chicago. Hello. Love you. Alex Green, thank you for our beautiful logo. And thank you, Zach Little, for our fabulous intro and outro music. Ah, wait. Oh, you know what that sound means. Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh, well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off Venusian, and good night.
God, I love these fries. <laughs> if you love them so much, why don't you marry them? <laughs> Can I have some? Um, sure, Cindy, go ahead. Oh, God, these are good. Uh, Cindy, can you leave some for us? <laughs> I thought you were, um, trying to lose weight. Lay off me, I'm starving! <laughs> Diet starts Monday.